Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. John 17, you there? You find it, I want to just really uh, talk more than my heart than anything and uh, share a, verse, a few verses of Scripture out of here. Um, let's start around verse 20 and uh, read a couple verses out of out of uh, here. It says, uh, John 17, verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but I also for those who believe in me through their word. That they, are, that they all may be as one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, and I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you love me. Let's read it again right here. I can see now my contacts ain't fuzzy. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory which you have given you you gave me and I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. Look at this intertwine here. That they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. I want to talk just tonight just briefly. Um, how many's tired and wore out? I'm tired and wore out. I'd build a fire. And I told Catherine, I said, man, if I didn't have to preach tonight, I said, I, I might stay this one at the house. But uh, I'm just human. But um, but anyhow, uh, we're here, you here, and the Holy Ghost is here. And so, um, but uh, I, I want to talk really on the subject of uh, community. Um, uh, you, you can call it community. I use the word family, okay? But it's the same thing. They can They can intertwine. Uh, one of the things that have been really dear to my heart for a numerous amount of years, I've spent a great deal amount of money, time, and resources and energy on it, is really to see um, see unity that could actually come uh, to a community. And um, th- that is very difficult. I have, uh, and Matt knows this, that um, I-, I believed it so much that uh, we had uh, four buildings rented at one time, and I actually redid one. I didn't have a youth pastor at the time. And so I allowed a church down the road who outgrew their youth group, their their building that they were in. We actually paid the rent on that building for a year and allowed his youth pastor to preach in that building, use all of our resources. I paid the power bill, the rent, and um, and uh, even the sound system. And uh, we prayed. No, I think they uh, confiscated some of our speakers. But that, that goes to show our heart for, for community like that. It's very very difficult to get leaders um, to come together because uh, it's sad to say it, and I'm probably one of them, but the most insecure people in America pastor our churches. We're afraid that one person's got a stronger gift to preach than we are. That's why we can't go to, that's why we can't all attend different churches. And um, there is, uh, are you with me now? Just stay with me and I'll get anointed in a minute. And so, um, but it's just very dear on my heart. But now we see Jesus in John 17. How many knows that? that uh, in this text and in this scripture, Jesus is fixing to leave the earth. And how many knows this as parents, when you leave and you're going to leave your teenagers at home, whatever, for the weekend, the last things you say are the most important. Call me if anything goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? Or or don't don't cut the oven on or something. You, don't build a fire in the fireplace. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that, those are the most important things. And so Jesus is fixing to leave the earth, and he's praying this prayer. And I know that um, um, this pr- this prayer has been interpreted a lot of different ways or whatever. But he's praying for oneness. He's praying for uh, oneness in the spirit. He's praying for oneness amongst believers. And, um, and, and so I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that's on the heart of God is that we would be one in this place. 
Are you with me now? We, we march all to the same cadence. We, we, we walk together. There's, how, how can two go and walk unless they be together? There's, there's something about that. And, and so in that, we're all dealing with each different individuals. All of us have personalities and all of us are different in this room. But the goal in the heart of heaven is that we would not just become a church, but we would become one, a community of people. Now, one of the reasons why it's easy to go to the ramp and burn for revival is what they have is they've developed a culture out there and a community of people that have traveled all over the world and moved there because they have a heart for what? Revival. Are you with me now? And so what we want is, is my desire when I pray, God, please birth and develop in each individual in this room a heart for revival and city transformation and cultural transformation. My God, we've got a long ways to go, church. We can't even learn how to disciple one another. And the call of God on our lives is that we'll learn how to disciple cities and nations. Come on, y'all with me on a Wednesday night. I said, we can't hardly get disciple one another more or less, but the call of God is that we would disciple nations. That's the call of God. That's the heart of God that we would disciple literal nations for the glory of God. Now, I'm not a preacher believed that the best has happened. We had all these people come and say, well, you don't know the Paul said in the last days that many will fall away, become lovers of the flesh. That, is, that, is, that has already happened to me. That's called the dark ages. Oh, man, I better quit. There's already been a great falling away. There's a great gathering happening across the globe now. Are you with me now? Revival's waking up into the land. It's already hit across the seas. The only place left for massive transformation to happen is in America and Western Europe. China, they're coming by the thousands to Christ every day. Africa's not the dark continent anymore. It's burning for the glory of God. Are you with me now? One lady planted in Mozambique named Heidi Baker has the least amount of malaria in the whole country. Why? Because she's there, the anointed vessel of God. How many's ever read God's, God's Generals? Remember when the, uh, what was, I think it was the yellow fever outbreak or whatever, uh, John G. Lake was there, it was killing a bunch of people or whatever. John G. Lake said, put the virus on me. You ever read that? He said, put the virus on me. John G., they put the virus on him, and when the virus went on him, went on someone else's flesh, it ate him and killed him and devoured him. Went upon his flesh, it died. I'm just trying to, Lord, I mercy you. So Jesus is praying this deal for oneness. How many knows that God wants our lives to bear much fruit? One of the things me and Matt was talking about this today when we had lunch together. I said, God don't only want us to have fruit. He wants us to have fruit that remains. If we've been doing something for a decade, we should have something that remains. Come on. God wants us to bear fruit. My job is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. How I bear fruit is I have to be connected to the branch. That's the most important thing. Your connectivity, not to the church necessarily and not to the preacher, but your connection with God. Now I'm going to tear the other up here. I'm going to put it all together. I, was, I, I had to make a phone call on the way to church and I called a guy that works with me and his wife answered the phone. I said, why ain't y'all at church? I called the house. I said, we ain't having church tonight. She said, we are the church. I said, well, we're going to FedEx this message. I'm going to preach to you tonight, overnight into your house. Listen, God wants us to do life together. He never put no one on the planet to do it alone. Neither did he send anyone out in the New Testament alone. He sent them two by two because God knows we're weak, we're frail, and we're flesh. He also knows we give up easy. Am I the only one in here? He knows we give up easy, but if you got somebody, how many knows this? If you're going to start going to the gym, don't sign up alone. Get somebody that is a gym junkie and sign up with them because they're going to call your house at 445. Are you up? We're going, we're headed to the gym. But if you sign up on your own, what happens? After you start hurting, pain gets in the process. Well, I ain't going to the gym anymore. Anybody ever quit on the gym besides me? Lord, if I had the gym memberships back, we'd be in the Bahamas tonight. Listen to this. According to how we bear fruit is determined on what kind. Listen, for a tree to bear fruit, it's got to have what? It's got to be a healthy tree, but it's also got to have a good root system. What I found out about the Lord is he, He's very concerned. Um, he, he's very concerned about my foundation, Jesus spoke more on the internal world than he did on the external world, on the external 
world. All right? My inward reality, my inward, whatever's going on on the inside will be an external reality going on the outside. Remember where Paul's writing about the children of Israel? He said they wandered 40 years in the desert. Why? Because they wandered where? In their hearts. What was going on the inside was actually became a mirror of what was the outside world mirrored what was going on the inside. So Jesus spent uh, his first sermon on the mount, started dealing with everything with the issues of the heart to work on the foundation. So God's, God, God wants us to have a secure foundation. Remember I said this a while back, but I said this, the temptation is to build quick on the outside, but build little on the inside. That will never work. God never wants us at a place that our character and integrity won't hold us when we get there, okay? All right, listen to this. The roots and foundation is not visible. This is what I told, uh, uh, you know, nobody go, goes and talks about when we ride by, go out to the country club or wherever some nice houses are built, uh, Terry has a nice house. We don't go by and say, my God, have you seen the foundation that Terry's got? Uh, right across the river, and you go into Pierce County right there in the, uh, Ware County and Pierce County, there's a community back in there called uh, the Okefenokee Golf Course. Patrick Jones has got a house back there. I took Grant to it. He's uh, the CEO of the Jones Company. About 12, 13,000 square foot house. Heated. Got a massive lake in the back. That is, Grant said, that is at the White House. I said, no, that's Patrick Jones' house. But nobody goes by and says, my God, do you see the foundation? The foundation is not visible, but yet the foundation is what's holding that structure. I'm talking to us tonight. It's Wednesday night. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees a massive tree out there and says, my God, do you see the roots? No, we don't see the roots because the roots are invisible. But listen, the root system develops not in the seen but in the unseen. God, do, I, I, I told Matt this quote. I'm just re-preaching what I've told him today. But listen, God doesn't build a man on the stage. He builds a man in the cave. Gosh, that's good. Somebody tweeted just don't put my name on it. I stole it from Banning Leapshire. Listen, God doesn't build a man on the stage. He builds him in a cave. And listen, your foundation is not who you are in church. Your foundation is who you are when you're alone. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. The foundation is not seen, but that is the, the foundation is what holds everything you're standing on. Jesus taught about a man, one built on rock, one built on sand. What is sand? Sand is particles of rock. One man built on part of the truth, but another man built on the whole truth. Oh my God, I feel something. Mm. Sand is part of a rock. It's broken pieces of rock. This is the person who's got a root system that builds on part of the truth. Listen, all the book is true. The maps, the bonding, everything's true. We can't pick out what little bit we want to live by and say, well, that's, well I'm, I'm building my life on the truth. No, we build our lives on the whole counsel of God. Right in the middle of Psalms 119 is the dead center of the Bible. And the psalmist said, the sum of thy word is truth. Not one portion of it, all of thy word is true. When we weigh it out. So the foundation, listen, anything that is seen, that is massive on the outside is much larger in the unseen. One of the things I was listening to, um, I listened to a lot of stuff out from Reading, and their um, their deal is is uh, I didn't know this, but um, uh, Shasta Lake there or whatever, it's one of the largest uh, man-made lakes uh, in the in the in the nation. In the United States, they have the second largest man-made dam. Um, we supplies most of the water of California right out in Redding. And one of the things is, is that I can't remember the exact numbers or whatever. Um, but anyhow, one of the things it is, is it's twice as, it's almost twice as wide and 80 feet to hold the structure that is visible. Listen, we don't want to just, we just don't want to dig deep. We want to build wide. How, how do we build wide is we build wide with community and our connection points. I saw something a couple of Sundays ago, and I'm on, I, I told Jesse that the people he's hanging with, and I told him I just saw something different. And I said, man, you're not just hanging with them, you're pastoring them. 
you, you see what I'm saying? When you, get, when you go hang out at your house, you, you, you're doing more than eating pork chops. You're exchanging life with one another. Listen to me, I'm going somewhere with this. Listen, because what we did is we had a desire to plant churches. How we planted churches in the past is we get a man with a vision, send him out by himself and say, go with that vision. That has not worked. I've seen it. I've, I've been in this thing long enough now. It, it has not worked. To my knowledge, I'm saying this to my knowledge, I am the only one that left out of this house, planted a church, and it still exists today. It's hanging in like a loose tooth with needs a root canal and severe things tonight, but it is still alive. And, 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 but what I'm saying is this. We can't send people out like that. What if we had a family and we wasn't looking to plant a church? We planted churches accidentally because the family had grown to that place. And we raised up a man that we had planted in, believed in. He was part of us and we sent him out not with one person, but we put a worship leader with him and we sent him out with a whole family of a hundred people together and now we got a community leaving outside. That's how, now a man's not going out there trying to raise up a vision, raise up Lazarus from the dead. He has something that's already living and moving and he has something to sustain in that community. Let's just say this because I know because I've, I've done one. When you go to a storefront, the first thing, that, well, there's another one right there. People judge me because I was in a storefront. We had, I pulled up this house about, I don't know, it was about two months ago. Remember the girl that they were at the Methodist church, couldn't get pregnant, whatever, had several miscarriages, what couldn't get pregnant. See how I remember when they showed up at our church. <laughs> they come peeping in the door, you know. Because see what we, we had, it was just a building I had. There was a, like a, um, it was a shelter built off to the side where the guy stored his lawn equipment. We had some kids wanting to come, or uh, some teenagers wanting to come, and their parents said you cannot come because um, they, they, they raising calves in that little pen out there because they're going to kill them during the services. Well, we killed a lot of cows, but we ate them, okay? In T-bones and roast beef. And so I remember when they came, and they, they come in, they was real nervous, and... Um, and so uh, one of them said that they, they couldn't come to our church because we wouldn't let them sing a special. Well, it's not about us displaying our talents. It's about a team winning the championship. Oh, my gosh. And I say this. I mean, I just, I, I just felt like this tonight that, that God loves all of us in here. And Matt's got a phenomenal voice. I love him. Kimberly's a part of the team. Everybody's, but I'm telling you, the Lord's riding your voice, Erica. He's, he's planted you in this house. He's called you for a time such as this. I mean, you, you, the Lord was just on that tonight. You know what I'm saying? He's on your voice. you got to open up and blow it like a trumpet. Are you with me now? Just when you, every time you begin to sing that, it begins to intensify in this room. And, and here's the deal. If we all a team, it doesn't, what Matt has to recognize is, hey, the anointing just shifted. Now I become at the end of the line and I start honking for her at the front of the line. And it doesn't matter because we're after the one and that's God the Father in this room. Are you with me now? Hey, it, Mr. Buddy might come up here and grab the mic and say, son, sit down. Or Mr. Billy, listen, I, I'm smart enough to recognize who the anointing's resting on, okay? And at that moment, that person is the most intelligent, wisdom, everything in the room who God's using. Our main goal when we gather is to get in the presence of a living God and when we leave here we know that we have anointed the head of our Father. Are you with me? So Jesus is praying. He said, listen, I'm praying that you be one. Now this is, this is I, we're, we're touching on this but we're not getting it to the depth that I feel like God is saying. So here's the thing that we, we used to hear a lot is that we need to be present in the apostles' doctrine. Because we got that straight out of the book of Acts, right? It says they continued steadfast, breaking bread from house to house. Otherwise, these people just wasn't a part of a church. They, they had fellowship going on outside the church. Come on. By the way, we're going to have a nice kitchen over there in a couple of weeks. And so one Wednesday night out of the month, we're going to break bread together. We're going to eat. About four people excited about eating. Who's excited about eating something? All the big people jump up and shout, that's your moment. <laughs> Jesse ain't gave me no hallelujah. He's burning tongues. Revelate. No. 
So they're breaking bread from house to house, having common in all things. In other words, there was one vision. Are you with me now? So then, but listen, I, I got to thinking about this. So is the apostles' doctrine what he's hearing now? Is, is, is that so? If, is, is the current word what he's picking up from heaven now? Is that what they're staying current in? I believe it goes deeper than that, that they're staying current in their lives. It's, it's deeper than that. You understand what I'm saying? It's, they, they, were, they were deeper than just hearing Peter preach what he was hearing from God. It, it was a life exchanged. The, the, these were intertwined. I mean, they, it was, it, it, the lives were being intertwined and mean, there was a oneness happening. This is what Jesus is praying for the church. God being, the, let them be one as you and I are one. Other words, listen, you can't, take, you can't take Jesus out of God and you can't take God out of Jesus. They won. Yes. This is what the desire is for this family. Listen, when you got Dusty, you got me. When you got, when you got me, you got Matt. We're all intertwined in this place. Well, listen, I, I don't want to be like that. Well, listen, you'll be, the one, you'll be the first one to be devoured. That's where the enemy comes in at the broken links, the person lagging behind. There's this thing going on to the body of Christ. Well, I can just be by myself over there. You cannot find that in the context of the New Testament. Let's look at this. I, I can't preach all this tonight, I can tell you. This is, this is deeper than just a 10-minute seminar. Look at Proverbs chapter 18. I just want us to get a couple scriptures right here. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs is good. Proverbs a day will keep the devil away. There's 31 of them for every day. Mr. Tom, does the book of Proverbs work for us? Every day. I was listening to a guy preach the other day, and this is what he said, because I, I say this a lot. I'm giving it my best. Did I not tell you? I told you that crying a couple of days. I'm giving you the best I got. You know what? God never required me to give me my best. You know what God required of me? To give my best, Matt's best, and Dusty's best. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I bring one small thing to the table. You got something else. What God expected me to intertwine with you to get your best, my best, and directly we got best. Listen, if we got, if we, we ought to have the best marriages of any church in this community. We got three people right now that's been married 50 years alone. We ought to have great marriages in this church. Come on. He's not asking me and her to have the best marriage. He said, no, get, get, I need to take my marriage and go sit over here with Mr. Bill. How did you make it? Talking about doing life like that? No, listen, get my finances to somebody. I'm not going to take my finances to somebody that can't pay the bills. Go take him to Mr. Tom. Oh, Lord. Listen to this. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, Jesus said, I pray you be as one. Listen, the war is to keep us from being one. The war comes to separate us to make me stand alone. Well, I'm independent. There's probably nobody in this room more independent than I am. Independence is not kingdom. Oh, Lord, John, don't get the CD. Independence is not kingdom. Because this is what this is what I'm looking. Listen, if I, if I stay independent, like I and I'm very independent. My wife will tell you I'm very independent, and I'm famous for saying this. Listen, I don't have to have people to cheer me up. That's a lie. All of us have to have somebody. All of us in this room need a pat on the back every once in a while. Go six months without the pat on the back, and you got the mully grubs. Anybody ever get the mully grubs? Besides me. We all need that pat on the back. God designed us to need that from someone else. We're not the total package. Lex Luger is in retirement. It's over with. And independence is not kingdom. So there's a spirit raging against me to connect 
because I, I see people, I see people's articles on Facebook. Catherine was reading me some of them sometimes, or I hear someone talk about it and I'll read it myself. Um, and just wonder, you know, why doesn't things happen for me? Listen, grace is dispensed in the environment of family. You can have the greatest boat, the meanest motor, and it will do you no good sitting in that parking lot. It was never designed to be to be cranked and ran in a parking lot. It was designed to be set in a body of water, and as it's set in that body of water, when you crank the engine, the engine is bad, but it draws nutrients from that water to sustain it to make it go. That's the same way with you and I. God set us in this family to bring your talent and your gifting, but you are to develop roots that go out and you draw nutrients from everybody else's gift in this room. Gosh, that's good word. Look at this. Game, deer, especially in the African uh, jungle, they move in what? Herds. When a lion comes or the predator comes, what does he desire? What does he do? Try to do? Get one to break away from the herd. If one breaks away from the herd, it's over. Fish swim in what? Schools. Why did they do that? For safety. All right, let's move on. Matthew chapter 5. I got to get one more verse of scripture and then we'll, we'll go home. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there. Leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Maybe we should start doing this at offering time. Whoever's got unforgiveness, take your check and leave. <clears throat> Look at how God says, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this oneness deal. Leave your gift right where, don't even bring it down here. Put this on hold till you go get the other fixed. I thought I was reading out wrong. He said, put this on hold right here. Don't, 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 this right here is never going to work till you, till you get that right. Let's go back to the model prayer. Forgive those who trespass against you. Well, I've heard people preach it like this. There's one thing that God won't forgive, and that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. There's another thing God won't forgive is unforgiveness. Are you with me? This one is still so strong that he said, listen, I appreciate you trying to bring your gift. But you, leave, you place that on hold till we go get this other right because my desire is that be right. Are you with me? Are, are you with me? Now let's go right here to the book of Peter. I'm trying to get here and then we'll try to bring this thing to a... First to a Peter 5.5. 1 Peter 5, 5. This is quoted right here, a chunk. Likewise, let's, let's, let's start in verse 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willing. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown 
of glory that does not fade away. Man, that's good right there. Likewise, look at this. Now he's fixing to jump right here. Likewise, you younger people. Who's younger in here? Everybody's younger than somebody. He jumps back. You younger people. You younger people. You younger people. You younger people. Look at this. Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all. Now look at this. Now he's going to bring us back in. Yes, what? All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? Humility. For God resists the proud, but gives what? Grace to the humble. Now we always say this. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's quoted. But what is that quoted in the context of? Being able to submit to one another. It takes humility to submit yourself to somebody. What is humility? Humility is humiliating. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Rick Joyner said this years ago, he said that he'd rather fight 10,000 demons, have 10,000 demons against him than the hand of God against him. Are you with me? God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. This is quoted in the context of family. Let me tell you what is the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing is independence. The Lone Ranger. Because I don't have to worry about you. I'm just worrying about me. But that's not what God called us as a unit. He called us as a unit. That means together. Are you with me? When we, at, uh, um, at Fort Benning, the first thing they, tell you, they teach you is that, number one, you've got to learn how to listen. And you've got to stay with your platoon. If you run out there and going to be a hero, you're going to come back in a pine box. Are you with me? So in this context, it takes, it takes, <clears throat> I looked over there at you, Crystal, and because if, uh, Lord, if I can bring some pictures in here, it reminds me back of 2002, 2003. Catherine and I, um, we, we had a, a woman pastor. And you got to think with me, I thought that, I thought for surely how God blew it up when I was 18, 19, 20. I thought I was going to be on TBN no later than 21. At least Daystar. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I mean, people calling my house from everywhere. I even had, I had to go to downtown Jacksonville. I, gra- I was raised in Bacon County, 18, I'm pretty sure at 19 years old, didn't even know how to drive, had to get somebody to drive me there. I always tell the story when I got through preaching, the guy coming, he said, does, does, does uh, everybody from South Georgia uh, talk the way you talk, like real country or whatever? And so anyhow, he was walking out of the church or whatever, and he had his wife's pocketbook on his shoulder. I said, we talk country, but we don't tow pocketbooks where I'm from. He didn't say nothing else. <laughs> or no satchel either, you know what I'm saying? So listen to this. So God picks me up at 21. I'm going to actually meet Catherine. We get married. I'm 22 years old, and I'm sitting under a woman preacher. And so I remember when we first planted the church. Steve, you know right where I'm talking about, an old Dotson dealership on 341. We planted the church. I had logged a whole lot more uh, preaching time than she had. And so, remember at first, I preached all the time. But when she got her legs under to be able to, to get behind the pulpit, I, n- I never got to preach. I mean, I was at home praying and fasting, you know, at least for the common cold. Don't strike her with the flu. You know, I need to give up. I felt like I needed to give what I got. Let me say this. If it's in you, you're going to give what you got regardless if you got a pulpit. You'll give it on the job site. Come on. You'll give it at Hardy's, Walmart, wherever you got to give it, you're going to do it. You will do what you do without any recognition, without any money, and if you're faithful in doing that, then God will give you the recognition. (laughs) So 
And I'm thinking within myself, and I remember, I still remember this. She preached a message one time called A Ship Called Destiny. And at the door, we was greeted outside, and we had to get these pins. And these pins determined of what level you are were on in the army of the Lord. And so we pulled up there that morning, and they had just hired a new staff member. It was a, it was a girl or whatever. It's real great in the children's uh, area, just phenomenal children's church. A person, but and so uh, they always called me an evangelist and made me go to the to the housing authority places and stuff like this. And if those of you know me, I mean, I'm not an evangelist, okay? But uh, so we would go out there and they would buy me like 150 hamburgers that was paper thin. You'd let your coals go completely out, throw them on the grill, they fire up because old cheap soy burger. It was a mess. And so, but anyhow, we pulled up there to the ship called Destiny, and I'm going, and I'm walking to the front door, and I told Kathy, I said, I'm ready to get my pins. Because I'm fitting to be highly striped in this place, I guarantee you. Got up there, and my pen said private. A private? I've run revivals where 30 people gave the heart to the Lord in one night, and I'm a private? Deaf ears is opened up. I'm a private? Listen, what I had to realize is that God called me to be part of a family. He didn't call me to be a star. <laughs> Good gracious. <laughs> now let me say, when I got my, when I got my badge, it, first of all, God never drops it down. He don't speak in the microphone. God does not give you the signal that comes over the radio. You know when there's a storm coming, it murk, murk, through the wind. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. God never does that. He puts the pop quiz on you, and he never blows the signal. And listen, I blew the test that day. If you blow the test, hey, here's good. You get a chance to take the test again. You just get six months to prepare for it. So we're going in, and the whole time I'm telling Catherine, look at that. I said, Catherine, this is all I want to ask you. When they sick, who do they call? When they call the church about a fire, breathing, revival, who do they call? Do they call me or do they call that person over there that's got the stripes over me? Catherine, look, John, just wear the badge and shut up. Let's go on. <laughs> so about midway through praise and worship, I done took my badge off. Throw mine an offering plate when it come by. What did that cost? About two more years. Remember Joseph when he was when he when he interpreted a dream or whatever, he told the guy, he said, Listen, the only thing, I don't pay me nothing. Just remember me when you get out of here. King James Rennie said, then two more years, he remembered. And so I got to this place in the Lord that I remember the only time this is probably one of probably the only time that I was desperate enough to lay the call down. And I felt like the Lord because I washed everybody up. I washed everybody else outrun me. I watched, you know, without calling no names, but ever, Steve knows them all that started out. What they, they were all blowing and growing, man. I had nothing. Nobody, nobody, now, nobody didn't even think I could preach. My own friends didn't even call me to preach. Couldn't even testify at church. Am I telling these people stories? I mean, I'm praying, you know, God strike them down with something. No, I mean, this ain't even happening. It all got cut off. It all got cut off. And so I remember that dark season or whatever. And I remember crawling one night in the wee hours of the morning. I crawled in my prayer room. I hadn't been in there in about probably 10 days. Back then I had a set place that I prayed every day. And I crawled in there, and I told the Lord, I said, you forgot me. How many members of the uh, movie Grumpier Old Men? Remember the old guy on there, and he kept telling them, you know, I'm not going to die. God forgot me. Remember that? And so, But anyhow, I just told the Lord, I said that you forgot me. You, you raised up everybody around me, and you, you never chose me. Then, I, then so what did the enemy start bleeding me? Man, you sorry. You're worthless. You're, 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 you're third best at your third string at best. So that Sunday, God used a man from this area by the name of 
tired of saying I was I was done. That was my I was done at the back of the church. I done come from the front. I was sitting in the back. Am I telling my story? I was sitting in the back. He got behind the pulpit and he started humming. And he's like, you know, I just can't go forward. I, I just feel like God wants to talk to somebody here. And I'm, and I'm sitting there on the inside. Man, just shut up and go on and preach your message. And get your check and let's go with it. You know what I'm saying? This is how calloused I was. It was hard. And so he starts prophesying, just starts speaking. And he's speaking directly to me. And I'm thinking, somebody run up there, you know what I'm saying, and get hands laid on them, you know. And then at this point, it, the Lord's just on me so strong. And I, I remember walking down to the front. It says, me. And right at the time he looked at me, he didn't know me then, but he looked at me and he said, God said, you're not second best. He said, you're my first choice. When he said that, that's all it took. It broke me like a dam. And I just remember he said, he prophesied, you're the head, not the tail. You're the apple of my eye, all this kind of stuff. And God washed all of that off. But what the Lord was showing me in that is, listen, that first of all, I've got to learn how to submit my life. Now, this is where we've done it wrong, is we've told everybody they've got to submit to the, to the leader. Just make sure you submit it to the leader. Well, what that is, what that produces is bondage and control inside of a place. It does not produce liberty in life, which releases offense for everyone else to develop. When you're in that kind of environment, let me tell you who's going to develop. The leader's going to develop, and the rest of the place is going to stay sons. But no family does not stay sons. Jesse was a son, but now he's a father. Steve's now a grandfather, not only a father. Are you with me? And as time develops, Jesse's going to become a granddad. And that's the environment we want, to, we want to have people to go from. We want to have people to go from childs to sons to dads to grandfathers and to patriarchs. Come on, are you with me now? And so when we, when we have that environment, just submit to the leader. No, you're not just to submit to the leader. The Bible says we submit to one to another. And what that does is produce humility in your life. And what the humility does is it produces a grace in your life that your giftings and talents start being developed in that place. So someone said, well, I can tell you right now I'm humble. But if you're not submitted, you're not humble. Well, and this was the next thing. Well, who, who, who's, your, who, who's your daddy? Listen, I, 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 don't know, I, don't, I don't have language for all of that, okay? I know who my daddy is. He's God the Father up in heaven. Are you with me now? I know this. I'm, I'm connected to a net of people. And that's my safety. Here's what community provides. It provides strength. And, and, and I wouldn't dare take the credit for this. It's because of the great family she has, uh, 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 Tara, because of Emmett and Linda and that family she has, but it's also her church family. Look at the tragedy that happened to Tara on April the 1st of last year. She's still standing today because of strength of community. Ruby's still standing because of Terry Jr. and your family, but it's also your church family. The community, it brings strength. When we face tragedy together, we don't just one person go through it alone. We all go through it. We were all in this place on Christmas Eve morning. Were we not 200 plus people in here to celebrate the life and the home going to dock? We were all in here as a family. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We were all in here as a family. Left my family over there to come back to my family. This family means more to me than that family over there, and I mean that with all my heart. Catherine Tate, her family, I probably don't need to put that on CD, but her family close to me than my own family. But it means something to me. And in this context, it develops, what happens is there's, there's strength. There's strength that comes from one another. You don't face nothing alone. When the devil's after you, he's after us. When you get a victory, we all got a victory. When God breaks through in your finances, you know it makes me excited because it's a matter of time. It's going to trickle down the spout and I'm going to get my breakthrough. Hello. There's strength. The other thing is there's safety. There's safety. There's safety that comes from that. And there's also the blessing of that is to be able to um, is to be able to grow and develop in that context of family. You know, one of the things that and I'm talking about being real family. I, I talk about just saying, let's open the refrigerator and be able to eat one. I, this, this is real living. I'm talking about real living as life, doing life together in family. You know what I'm saying? Don't get up here and say that you over me and the Lord and you can't tell me the name of my three children. 
boy, let me tell you. Mm. I bought, don't tell me that we connected and you can't name my three children. We're not connected, friend. We're not family. No, what we got is a piece of paper and we know, but we're not connected. If you don't know me on that level, your spiritual overshot should know far more than what your name is. You might want to fold it up right there. Here's another thing. This is the first way you're going to, somebody said, well, how, how do I know, the, how can I recognize the voice of the Lord? First of all, you can recognize it through your family. Because that's how he's going to talk to you. Y'all women, we got to close it, I know. But how he's going to speak to you is through your family. When God, the Bible says that not one of his words fell to the ground. Samuel, who was given to the most perverse leadership of the Old Testament. Eli, his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, was messing up at the front door. We don't need to take it no more than that because we got kids in here. Are you with me? It was one jacked up wicked leadership. But yet Samuel believed God was bigger than that leadership. Not one time did God tell him to quit tithing and bringing the offerings because the half nine finish was stealing it with the three-pronged pork. You with me? The three-pronged fork. Help me talk. That is not the devil's pitchfork. That was the priest and what he stabbed and brought out. That was his offering. They were sticking it two or three times and was getting fat. Come on. God never told the people to quit giving and Hannah, because she made God a promise, took Samuel and delivered him unto that place. The Bible says that Samuel was right by the presence and when he heard God speak, the person he thought was talking to him was Eli. Jesse, the first time you heard God talk to you, I guarantee you he come through your daddy's voice. And what we have to do is recognize it when we're in family. We recognize when we're cutting up. We recognize when we're eating pork chops. But we also recognize the voice of God. And when the voice shows up in the context of family, we say, hold on, God's speaking. It doesn't take, listen, I know when God is in this room, if this woman is crying and I got the microphone, trust me, God, she knows every weakness, every frail, every sin, every mess up I've ever done, she knows it. And when she's crying, I can say, God is in this place. She knows when it's me, but she knows when it's God speaking. And in the context of family, God wants to speak to us. You say, well, I can't, I don't hear the voice of God. It's because you're not connected. When you get in the context of family, we will hear the voice of God. You'll be talking in conversation all of a sudden. Oh my God, that's the word of the Lord. That's God talking right there. God wants to build this thing not just deep, not something that just can be seen, but He wants to build it wide. He wants to build strong connections in this place. Are you with me? Wants us intertwined as family, all walking together. One of the things that Steve was sharing with me a while back is a story in the Old Testament where it talked about, you know, where, where they all win as one. Don't outrun the women and children. Don't, don't outrun them. Remember who was, that was, that was um, uh, Jacob when he was going with Esau, right? Can't, can't travel, no, don't, don't travel too fast. Don't, don't run off and leave him. When he said that, he was talking to me, but when he said that, the language changed. Are you with me? And I said, this is God right here. You're following. There's safety. There's provision inside a family and community. I'm not a handyman at all, but I'm connected to a handyman. I am not an IT guy. I am a low-tech man in a high-tech world. When I got my first iPhone, it was an iPhone 4S, and I sat out in the truck for 10 minutes, finally walked back in Verizon. I said, how do I make a phone call? <laughs> I just want to know. They said, well, let me show you all the features. No, don't show me all the features. I just want to know how to dial that thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to fix that, but I'm connected to somebody that can. And so by myself, I have just what I can offer. But when I'm all together with my community, I got the total package. I got a great voice because Matt's got a great voice. I got a heap of resources because I'm in the context of family. And we do war, we do war as family. Are you with me? When we celebrate, we celebrate as family. 
That's why the Bible says weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. We're going to get through it. But this is what the Lord is trying to develop and cornerstone is a family like never before. What does it matter if all the chairs is filled up in here and we don't want to know one another? What does it matter? It doesn't mean nothing to me. Huh? Who, we, ain't got, we, we really ain't even got no headquarters to send it to to impress nobody with how many numbers we're running. If we don't know nobody, we want to know you. We want to know you, friend. We want to sit down and eat a hamburger. We want to go watch a little league game. Please don't go to my little league games because I might get ugly. You know what people are looking for? They're looking for the real, man. They're tired of the fake and the phony. Don't come in here dressed up with your Christianese and your preaching language. and all. They want the real. They want to see somebody they can be touched. Jesus was a man that was real that could be touched. He didn't panic when a harlot rode up, and he didn't panic when a drunkard came by. He was just a real person that could be touched. That's what the community's looking for. But we got to be family. I'm talking about the real deal thing. And then as we take and develop that, as that community gets stirred in here, then you can start impacting that outside the building. And you think about it. We're lodged and placed all over this county. Jesse's got that community church area out there. He's touching him out there where you at Pike Creek. He's got it. Big man is on it. He's pastoring his post. That's what I, that, I'm just telling you. When I saw that, I saw this whole county lit up. This couple here, wealth of wisdom on the inside, a seminary graduate, God-called pastors in the nursing home, doesn't show to Heidi Baker. She's on it like white on rice on a white paper plate in a snowstorm. Get on that. She's anointed. Watching Heidi six hours a day. Listen, if you need, if, listen, if you're, somebody said, well, I can't get a hold of, you don't got to get a hold of the pastor. Get a hold of your link. You need someone to get down in the trench with you and your woman right here. Get her phone number right here. She'll call you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Right here. We pull all our resources together. You with me? Put them all in a pile. That's why people that had lands sold lands and gave it because they was in the context of community. I sure ain't going to have no big acreage over here and live in large when I know that my family's struggling. Nobody asked them to do that. That was, move, that was God moving on their own heart. That, that's, that's the family they had. They broke bread together. Jesus didn't just walk to earth and he had 12 men that he had a class with. No, he poured his life into them. Did you hear me? He poured his life into them. He knew them. And they knew. That's, that's what I'm, that's just, that's, I'm just trying to tell you tonight. It's my heart. I'm tired of being connected to people who don't even know the names of my children. Don't call me up John, Catherine, and bring the boys. No, my boys have a name. It's Grant, my firstborn. It was born December the 24th. 25th, I'm sorry. I get it wrong. <laughs> don't, I don't even know. I don't even know my own children. I know he's 12 years old. He's born Christmas Day. Asher was born May 24th. All right, John Bennett's born March 11th. All right, I got him. They have a name. I don't know you like that. You think we should know one another like that? Huh? They knew their tribe. When they crossed that Jordan, they were all in tribes. They wasn't half mixed up everywhere. They was all in a tribe. They was in an array. Are you with me? They were in an array, and they walked, and they marched together, and they got across the Jordan. We're here for one purpose. It is not to build some big, fancy church. I'm, I'm, I'm done right here, but i got to tell you this. Listen, we ain't hunting no TV channels. If you're on TV, I'm probably gone. I'm too big. Now they got widescreen TVs, I might get on there. The Bible, the, they say TV adds about 10 pounds. I don't need no TV in here. But I'll tell you what I am looking for. I'm looking for the real deal community of people that love to hang out, that love to exchange life that want to be here not out of obligation or if you miss it ain't no fear wondering where you at. Are you with me? I called COVID Monday. I said, man, you odd. I, wasn't, I didn't think he had backslid. I didn't think he was down at the bar drunk and needed somebody to go get him. No, I just wanted to let him know we missed him. He part of the family. He said, well, I missed you. You didn't call me. Well, I may not have noticed, okay? Don't, don't hang me. But there's people in here that do notice. 
And what we have to do is got to get our resources and bring them together. And then we're, we're the total package. Naturally, we're growing. We'll, we'll develop those growing pains. I'm, I'm aware of all the problems. Trust me, I'm aware of all the problems we have here. <laughs> I'm aware of the problems. But I'm telling you the main thing I'm after is the presence of God. And I'm saying if the presence is among us, then my gosh, don't fuss about it because the light's flickering in the back. <laughs> we done right here, but I got, I, got to, I got to finish it. If the light's flickering in the back, we'll get to it, but we want to tend to the presence right here, right now. I'm not going to be Martha up fixing sandwiches that Jesus didn't order. I'm going to be Mary laying at his feet, drunk. <laughs> Catherine said, I wondered if the people got upset because I had to be toted out, laid out. I said, no, if we tote you out every Sunday, we're doing just fine. I don't need her up here looking prim and proper. Just get drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you, this is what you got. It's a whole different deal, whole different ball game. We're going to be service. Our elders are not going to come in here like some posse and some sheriff running around here. If they are, they're going to get backhanded in Jesus' name. I'm just, I'm sorry right here. Are you with me? We're here to serve. We ain't going to call somebody because there's a cleanup on aisle three. I know how to clean up all of it, floaters and all. Let's just be real. We're going to serve the people of this town, show them what a real people can be real passionately in love with a real God that have real problems and real issues, but know that they are overcomers in Christ Jesus. That's what we're looking for. All right. We got to go home. I ain't done, but we got to go home. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you would just have me make us, make us one in this place. God, make us one. Make us one. Make us one, Father, in this place. Let a deep sense and a deep heart of community come within this body of believers. Father, I, I, I don't mock anything from the past. I'm not, I'm not better than that. But God, I'm different than that. You've trained me. You, you, put, you set me on a different ground. And Father, uh, you planted me here in this city, in this local body. And so, Father, there's something in there that, that, that you, you saw that would fit in this area. And so, Lord, we want to passionately worship you. God, I'm not going to change that. I love worship. God, I, I, I know there's sound issues. I know all of that in here. But, Father, more than anything, we want to take what we got and we want to bless your name with it, Father. That is the main thing I come here is to get in the presence of God. And Father, I pray God blessings over every household in here. I thank you that everyone in this room is an overcomer, God. You've placed us in this place to do life together and to, and to glorify your name together, God. And tonight I pray that that will grow even deeper and deeper and deeper, God, where, where we got walls up that we, man, I'm just afraid if they'll get in the, Lord, let those walls come down. Who gives a rip? Let them come down Father let us see let us be real with one another hallelujah tear our walls down let us have true intimacy that means into me see by the, by the way let us see you let us see you I'm John Bagley 36 years old weight to about 292 pounds right now need to get some off about bald headed not very pretty Let's get to know one another. Let's fall. Listen, man, it's not my heart that you're just going to come here. Listen, don't ever just, because I just feel like this is what you got used You guys got used to just coming, sitting down and listening to good preaching. Let's, I, I, mean, I can preach the gospel, okay? I won't say that arrogantly, but I can preach, okay? God graced me to be able to preach. But let's do far more than that. I'm going to do my best to give you what I'm eating from heaven, Okay? But far more than that, man, we, gonna, we pull this thing together. This is not about me. I'm only as great as what I am. I just told you that. I can only take you as far as what my ability is to take you. But I'm telling you this, if I've got to learn how to relinquish myself and sit back and allow uh, Yes, you know, there's times that Grant, I, I find myself with him and, and I'll just do it. And he says, Daddy, I can do that. If I don't let him do it and make a mistake, he'll never grow into the place he can. So we're going to do that. Guys, I can tell you this, probably in March, we're going to do a class with men on Monday night or either Tuesday night. And we're going to call, I don't know what we're going to call it, but we're going to meet as men, a man that wants a deeper walk with God. 
a man that may needs to overcome something or anything like that. We're praying about this, and uh, I, I met with someone, and uh, we're, I just feel like we just need to do this. We, we're going to come together. You say, well, I, I, man, i got enough going on right now. I don't need that. that. That's not for you then, but it will be available. I know some that need it, and I know some that will be there. Are you with me? Men ain't born on the stage. They're born in a cave. We already got strong women. I mean, the, the, the women's strong in here. Y'all, y'all not weak. Y'all strong. You're strong, ain't you, Robin? Strong. She coming not hot as going to be and whatever, and I'm going. Go get it. That's what I say. Go get it. Put your hands on me. Let it get in my reservoir. Father, I thank you again tonight. I bless this group of people. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. See you Sunday morning.